Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Debrief with your friends here at Sandals Church. We are here with Pastor Matt Brown, who's going to give some real answers to tough questions. Some truthful answers yeah. today. Some truthful answers. The PMB answer. speaks truth. Right. He does. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Very real truth. Yeah. We're yeah. here today with, uh, we got Jono, and I am Stephanie hey Schaefer. Guys. What's up, Jono. Yeah, good to be back. Good to Jono. have you back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Back in the you left land us of for the... the East Coast. That's right. A little bit. Yeah. We were in, uh, oh, I got to tell you something. So real quick. Okay, so we were going through TSA, I forgot mm. to tell you this, and uh, the TSA agent was spraying body odor, like a spray. And I was like, why Why is he doing that? And I, so I asked him, I was like, well, why, why are you spraying that? And he said, somebody's got some funk. <laughs> they can do that? I don't That's know. That's part of their... And so we go through... Or just we, the air? Uh, he was spraying the air. We go through TSA, <laughs> through the thing, and then I realize why they're spraying. Oh, no. This was the nastiest smelling dude I have ever smelled in my life. And I, I, I go to tell Tammy, I'm like, hey... Can you smell that guy? And I look at her and she's going, like she's gagging. And okay, so then I have panic because I'm like, what do I do if I get on the plane with him? I can't, I cannot fly with this guy. No, No, there's no way. Look at the size of my nose. Is it the feet? Was it the feet? It was his feet. It's always the feet. It was feet. And he had like like workman boots. Oh no. And he had taken those off. And I just wanted to be like, hey bro, I don't know if anybody's ever told you this. You smell like a corpse. Like what? is wrong like go get it fixed but i and thank god he wasn't on our, our, our plane because i couldn't but do somebody it. did someone yeah, had someone sat next to that guy that. yeah they probably left his shoes on on the plane oh, hopefully then my wife probably not picks a fight with the dude sitting next to us we're literally on the plane 30 seconds <laughs> and she says excuse me you're taking up all the armrest <laughs> oh no <laughs> like i was just waiting for it and if you don't and if you don't back it off my husband here is gonna kick your butt she, that was she's, five minutes on the plane. I cannot imagine Tammy Brown saying that. Oh, dude, she gets riled up, man. She's throwing down. She doesn't like wow. it how men sit with their legs open. Oh, yeah. Like they sit with man their legs spreading. Man, man spreading. spreading. Yeah. And she's like, so, and to be honest, you know, she she has the middle seat. And so I was like, do you yeah. want me to take the middle seat? And she like turns into Joan of Arc. No, I'll die for this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I need so, to learn from her because I would I would just suffer the whole oh, time. Be like, oh, oh yeah, they're touching me, but I'm. I would do the subtle, mm-hmm, like I'll just the try the to like, push spread. your arm, yeah. just wait till I fall asleep. Yeah. Like, why can't we have real emergency announcements? Like, if you smell, get off the plane. <laughs> keep your legs closed. Like, what what are you doing? Like, people are just so clueless, man. Mm-hmm. So yeah. clueless. <clears throat> you know? Well, that does uh, actually sort of tie into our theme yeah, nope. today nobody's talking honest about yeah honesty yeah. talking about what is our culture doing right now what do we you spent a lot of time preparing and looking at our our current state and i don't know what, what would you say as coming off of this weekend really talking about lying and and uh, the different uh, ripple effects that that has uh, yeah maybe you can unpack some more of those thoughts of where we're at as a culture yeah our whole culture you know i i think we're constantly um, inundated with lies, you know, uh, Donald Trump has coined the, the frame fake news. Uh, and this is not to, you know, be on his side, but it is a problem, mm. you know, reporting what we want to report, um, assuming the truth when it aligns with our political party or preference. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's just really, really scary and really, really sad. And, um, I don't know, there's just so much lying that goes on in our political system, um, in our educational system. Um, you know, I mean, our kids are being taught gender isn't real. I mean, that, like, right, that's a lie. It, yeah. it is very real and um, makes us very different. So so we're inundated with lies all the time. Um, but they didn't even in the church, you know, um, lies are a problem. You know, I was at a Baptist conference where uh, my own denomination is struggling with um, the, lie, the lies of not dealing with kids who've been 
uh, touched or people who've been sexually abused and, mm -hmm. and, and they've swept it under the rug. And mm -hmm. now it's been exposed by, you know, the Houston Chronicle. And, and that's unfortunate. Um, so everybody, mm -hmm. even godly people struggle with this, this whole thing of lying. And, um, you know, it's interesting that God puts that in the ninth commandment. And this is the reason that we all need God, because we don't understand how lying affects every single day of mm -hmm. our life. It destroys us. It hurts us. It wounds us. Um, and, and as human beings, we lie all the time, mm. all the time. And, um, you know, I, I'm a three on the Enneagram and the core sin of the three is lying. And, and here's the sad truth. I lied so much to, like through my high school um, and, and early college days. There are some stories I can't even tell you what the truth is. Because, because you just told the story. Because I, I told it so many times. It's like, man, I don't, I don't know what the truth what is. And that really scared me oh, um, yeah. when I realized, I, I had to tell my parents one time, I said, I don't know if that happened or not. And huh. that man, how scary is that when you don't even know your own story yeah. because you, you, you've, you've wrapped it in such uh, you know, a cacophony of lies, big word there. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it, it just really scared me and, and it frightened me. And mm. um, you know, for me lying is, um, you know, usually trying to make myself look better. And mm -hmm. so that's where, yeah. um, you know, I wouldn't tell something that didn't happen, but I would tell it in such a way that it, it made me look great sure. or whatever. And, uh, you exaggerate things. And, and really what I realized is it, the core issue for me was insecurity. So I was mm -hmm. insecure in who I was, the life I lived. And so I'd have to tell this story of, um, you know, things were happening. Like for example, this is the true, this is a true story. Um, in high school, we had uh, journaling where you could write about whatever you want. Mm. And so I wrote in my journal, uh, tales of my sexual exploits and parties on the weekends. And none of it was true. Mm. Like it was all fake, but I'm a, I'm a good storyteller. Mm -hmm. And my parents read my journal. Oh man. I got, I got in so much trouble and none of it happened. <laughs> not, oh, man. not one thing happened. And oh my gosh, I was such an idiot. Um, it, it was just, it's just, it's just crazy. And so mm. you really got to work. You know, even in your private time in journaling, you, you've got to tell the truth. Yeah. And, um, you know, people people lie more than they want to. And, 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 and even like in community group, you know, you have to ask yourself, okay, how, how truthful am I going to be? Yeah. We had uh, a conversation in our small group two weeks ago where I was asking an individual. And I knew when I asked this question, I knew they would be tempted to lie because I would be. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, tell me what happened. And I... As soon as I asked the question, I could see it in their face. They're mm -hmm. they're like, uh, what do I do? At what version am I, I going to tell? Yeah. And they just came out and told the truth, and it was Good really for hard for them, and it was really embarrassing for them. Mm. But everybody already knew. Like mm -hmm. we already knew. That's why we're asking the question. Yeah. And um, it's hard to tell the truth, and so we've got to create an environment where we don't then slam people because they're honest, but mm. we, you know, we encourage them. You know, we're honest with them, and um, and really help them uh, to say, okay, look. What you did was wrong, but I'm really glad you chose to do the right thing mm -hmm. by telling the truth about, about what's happening. And so, um, you know, in our culture, man, you know, we tell the truth by omission, so we don't tell everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, that that's a big problem. We don't tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth will help right. us, God. And so we've got to make sure that we tell the whole story. Mm -hmm. um, you know, oftentimes, though, what we're doing is though we're lying about, you know, what's happening with our kids, our marriage. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times. I ask couples, how's your marriage? Great, great, great. And mm -hmm. then like the next week they're getting divorced. I'm like, mm -hmm. what happened? Yeah. What happened? Do you think that's part of that? Because you mentioned a lot in this weekend about lying to ourselves. Yeah, yeah that's what I was thinking. What is that, that, how you've seen that play out in our culture or even how you've wrestled in your own life of having to come to the terms of being just totally real and totally honest about everything, no exaggerations, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, because I think the truth requires change. And mm -hmm. that's the problem is once I'm honest and, you know, um, 
you know, I, I confronted a friend this year who I believe is an alcoholic and um, they, they, they disagree with me. Mm. I know that I'm right, mm. but that was so painful for them. I mean, imagine, you know, Pastor Matt calls you out to lunch. We <laughs> oh, go out to yeah. lunch together and, and we're sitting there and I'm like, hey, the reason I called you out to lunch today, I love you, I care for you, but I think you have a problem with alcohol. Mm. And, um, you know, the look on their face and, and I love this person very much. Um, and, 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 you know, I'm afraid it's going to destroy their life, mm -hmm. hmm. but man, that's so painful. And, and because that's hard, right? That's hard for a yeah. successful person to say, you know, this person is an amazing, beautiful, wonderful person for this person to say, yeah, I have a problem. Hmm. But until you, until you say that, right. Man, and, and so that's why like in AA, how does it begin? Hi, my name is Matt Brown and I'm an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is, this is the truth of my story and I, I need to deal with this. And, um, we, we've all got to be honest with that. Mm -hmm. You know, I prayed with a gal this weekend um, at Hunter Park campus and uh, she's a recovering addict and mm -hmm. um, she's been clean for like four years and she uh, relapsed and did meth again. And I said, mm -hmm. okay, what happened? Because mm -hmm. you don't go four years clean and then just, and then just jump back. And, and so she was engaged. They, they were mm -hmm. going through uh, soul care counseling here at Sandals and they exposed some relational problems. And the guy's like, look, I'm not into this, I'm out. And so she, right, he broke up with her. She went back to drugs. And so mm. that's the thing what I would say is it's not just that I'm an addict, but it's that here's the truth. Whenever I'm faced with the reality of life stresses, mm. I'm going to go to my addiction. My addiction is going to flare yeah. up. Mm -hmm. um, and so that that's what we need to, we need to be honest with is regardless of, regardless the of what it is, yeah. it's yeah. like when I'm feeling pressured, stressed, and I need an yeah. escape, I might run to sex, I might run to alcohol, I might run to drugs, I might run to work. Mm. I'm, I'm going to run from it rather than deal with it mm. because we don't teach our children to deal with life. Yeah. Mm. We lie to them and we tell them life is great. You can be whatever you want and mm. life is easy and it should be easy. And and, and you deserve all these things. And mm. um, it, it's just not true. It, mm. It's absolutely not true. And life is difficult. Life is hard. Life is challenging. Um, and sometimes you got to do the best, you got to make the best decision you can in some really crappy circumstances. Mm. And that's life. Yeah. But, um, you know, th th that's what happens. And so for me, um, I would lie when I felt stressed, when I felt pressured, when I felt like mm. I wasn't good enough. And so lying became my escape route uh, to escape what my life was or what I had really done or what was really happening. Mm. And um, that was really sad for me. And it was really- When you would do that, would you have these sort of like, woo, like warning, warning, sign go off in your mind? Or how, how would you, in your mind, justify, well, okay, as long as they don't find this out, or, you know what I mean? Like, well, you, I would say there's a difference, but there, there's, there's, a, there's a huge difference between um, repentant Matt at Harvest Christian Fellowship at mm. 21 years of age. Mm. Pre prior to that. So prior to that didn't bother me at all. Mm -hmm. I okay. completely lived a lie. Oh, it never bothered me. It never affected me. Mm. I gave my life to Christ. Um, and then all of a sudden, these lies, I felt like were these... Um, uh, do you remember, uh, gosh, this is an old movie, 1994, Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, when the they're, looking, they're looking oh, at... Yeah. The T-Rex uh, comes. The, the T-Rex, but they're looking at the glass of water. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's this boom. Mm-hmm. Well, mm -hmm. I think when you become a Christian and the Holy Spirit resides in your life and yeah. you sin, there's this thing in your soul that goes, boom. Mm -hmm. And at first I wasn't sure what that was, but all of a sudden I, I realized it. And, yeah. and there, there were things in my life that I was completely comfortable doing before that I now could not do without mm -hmm. emotional, psychological, and spiritual consequence. Mm -hmm. That's regeneration. Yeah. It affected me and I realized I'm a child of God and I can no longer do this. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. 
And so I might have got away with it and everybody would have known it. But um, so 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 that was the first instance, like, boom, I just told I told mm. a lie. That was conviction. But man, repentance and confession, that's a whole nother level of, oh, yeah. hey, John, oh, I need to come to you. And what I told you was not the truth. Mm-hmm. I lied and I am sorry. Mm. But I can tell you, I hate doing that. Mm. But that's a great motivator yeah. to tell the truth. Well, what I would love, here's what I would love to tell you. I would love to tell you that like God, there's a reason God doesn't lie because love rejoices in the truth and God mm-hmm. is love. I'm not love. I don't rejoice in the truth. Right. I hide in my lies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I, my goal is that one day I will be like God in rejoicing in mm-hmm. the truth. But the reality is there's, there's parts of my life that are dark that I just want to continue to hide. And it's so hard for me to expose that to you because yeah. what's my fear? Well, you guys won't want to work here. Mm-hmm. People won't want to come to Sandals Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife won't want to be married to me. And I mean, that's why, you know, the conversation sure. about, you know, what I looked at on Instagram, um, you know, some attractive 20 year old in her bikini on the beach, you know, and, um, you know, nothing that, that people wouldn't look at in many magazines. I don't tend to look at that stuff because I don't think it's good for me. Right. But that's that. I, I didn't want her to think that, um, that I would do that, but right. I did it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then the lie was not, the lie was not worried about what I'd done. My lying was because I was worried about my image to her mm. that she sees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Will she still love me? Will she still follow me? Will she still believe that, like, I'm this guy that can stand up on stage and preach with mm. authority and conviction? Am I worthy mm. of being followed? And right. So, and really what I want is my wife to worship me, which is, that's disgusting, right? Good, uh, yeah. And so then I just had to confess mm. to her and say, look, I did this and, um, man, you know, mm. see, seeing what my lie had done to her and the, and the mistrust and it's a powerful motivator. I can oh, tell yeah. you, I, man, um, you know, I haven't looked at, <laughs> I haven't looked at anything I'm not supposed to since because that, that moment is mm. seared in my memory and it's mm-hmm. like, man, I don't want to do that again. Yeah, that, that was that was awful. Yeah, uh, because I want my wife to respect me. I want my wife to love me. I mm-hmm. want to be worthy of her trusting my leadership. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and in that moment, right, all that stuff fell apart. And so, I'm not going to do that. But I think that's not ultimately the goal. Ultimately, the goal for the Christian is not to. I don't want to be lie because I out of, yeah, yeah I don't right. want to because of the consequence. But I want to tell the truth because that's what's good, right, and true. And yeah. I wish, <laughs> I wish my motivation always was because it's good, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, well, that's interesting because that actually ties into our first question here, Billy Bob. Um, Is that really the name? Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, he writes Billy Bob. I love that. Questions from him before Billy Bob. We have a Billy Bob. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I hope Billy yeah, Bob, just, you're telling the truth. I and know. That is your name because <laughs> now you're gonna be break our hearts if we don't have a Billy Bob. If not, um, so everybody needs a Billy Bob. We do. I think so. Yeah. That could be a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs a Billy Bob. Yeah, <laughs> I'd wear that. Second uh, Corinthians three seven says the old way, with laws etched in stone, led to death. Uh, his question is: If God wants you to enjoy abundant life, why does the Bible say that the law led to death, or what does that really mean? I think talking about this whole series right. looking at these 10 reasons, is it about, you know, living under the law again? Is yeah, it about no. the motivation? So what it, We're yeah. talking about the ninth commandment, thou shalt not lie. Right. I can't do it. Mm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I, I want to not lie. I do. Do we all agree that lying is bad? Yes, absolutely. But we all do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. The point of the law is it's, it's see. And so, so it's not that I, sh- 
the law tells me that lying is wrong. Mm. So that's good. The problem is if I try to convince myself that I can live a life where I don't lie, I've lied to myself. Mm. It leads to death because mm. anybody that truly pursues these commandments and tries to do them in perfection mm-hmm. will ultimately fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll fail. Yeah. Or they're going to they're going to violate the ninth commandment like the uh, I mean Jesus called them out right in John mm-hmm. your father is the devil. Now they believe their father is Abraham. Mm-hmm. They believe mm-hmm. their father is Moses. So mm-hmm. Abraham gave them their faith, Moses gave them the law and he's saying you're not following Abraham, you're not following Moses, you're following the devil. Mm-hmm. Because you've lied to yourself. Yeah. Anyone who truly tries to follow the law will understand, like Paul says in Romans 7, the good I want to do, I don't do. Mm-hmm. And right. the evil I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Mm-hmm. Who will deliver me from this? Who will deliver me from this? Yeah. Yeah. Romans 8, 1, praise God yes. for Christ Jesus, right? Yeah. And so that's what's so important is um, the law is good in terms of showing us what's bad. Right. It is not good in terms of saving our soul. And so that's what we're saying during this series. The law will not save your soul, but it will save your life. Not lying, mm-hmm. if you agree with God that you shouldn't lie. So let's go there. Mm-hmm. I, we all agree, I think the three of yeah. us, that yeah. we should not lie, that we should not bear false testimony to our neighbor. That's a bad thing. Right. That's going to bless our lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to have better relationships. People are going to trust us. People are going to want to hire us. People are going to believe us. Um, you know, think think about our whole culture. Our whole culture struggles with who tells the truth. Mm-hmm. And so we tend to believe people who agree with us politically, people who are, have the same gender as us, yeah. people who have the same story as us. Um, like our whole our whole yeah. culture right now is really caught up in this problem of who do we trust? Did now, nobody, you see yeah. that those um, uh, documentaries on the Fire Festival Mm-mm. talking about this big giant? Did you see mm-hmm. those? those yeah. This big giant festival that was all built around this image, um, all these like big. Instagram influencers and whatnot posting saying it's going to be this thing. It's going to, you got to be a part of it. You got to, and it built up to this big disaster mm-hmm. um, because it was all a lie. It was yeah. all based on this big giant lie, but people spent hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of dollars to be a part of this thing. Mm-hmm. And everyone, oh, I can't believe this happened. How mm-hmm. could this happen? How could this happen? And it, but to what you're saying is pretty easily actually, because we're all, we all want to believe that, like, yeah. oh, no, that, that's the truth. Like, I want this, so it must be true. Like, they're, they're not lying on social media. They're telling the truth. Like, right. everything it, I see must be, be true, fake. right? Yeah. But actually, it yeah. comes from a core problem. Yeah, yeah. like, I'll, I'll just give you a statistic that's, you know, uh, 97% of all scientists agree in global warming. Okay, 97% of the 20, so I think it's like 26.4% of scientists that participated in this study. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it's like, it's just people say things. And again, I don't want all my global warming people to <laughs> slam me right now. I'm just telling you, people use statistics to prove their own point. Yeah. Both the left does it and the right does it. And and what we do is we get shouted down when anybody tries to get to actual yeah. facts. It's a real, real problem in our culture. Yeah. Um, and we all struggle with it. Um, you know, we lie about our motives. Why, why are you doing what you're doing? Like I read this whole article mm-hmm. on the, the women's suffrage movement in America. Uh, and a lot of women don't know this, but the primary supporter of the women's suffrage m- movement in America. So the woman's right to vote. Do you know who their big backer was? No. Mm-mm. Tobacco companies. <laughs> so do you know what the symbol of women's wow. suffrage was? A cigarette and a match held by a, what's that thing that you put on your leg for when oh, you get garter. married? A garter. A garter. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, like that's the weirdest thing. 
like that is the weirdest yeah. oddest thing like i'm gonna put my wife's garter off yeah. in front of my mom and i like that i don't get okay you're talking I hope about my, at a wedding. I hope my daughters don't do that. Like, it's weird. I'm gonna throw up. Um, I used to be a videographer for weddings. Oh, Imagine no. having to video that. It's so bad. That's even worse. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so, right. So we lie about our motives. Yeah. Oh, I want to help women to get the right. And what they did is they made literally millions of women addicts to cigarettes. Women didn't smoke primarily mm -hmm. to that. And so what they were really trying to do wow. was double get women to smoke. Double their uh, opportunity to sell cigarettes. And think oh, of all the man. women that have died of lung cancer. Mm. Now they got the right to vote, but. They also died hacking, right. you know, in their fifties mm. because of cigarettes. And so, um, you know, that's a line. What's my, what's my real yeah. motive? So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we have a problem at Sandals Church. People come to Sandals Church because they want business. Hmm. So they want to get in a community group. They want to connect. They want to network. They want to, uh, yeah. you know, um, you know, everybody, Build their platform and... every time mm -hmm. somebody tries to add me on, was it LinkedIn? Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, you know, um, yeah. Because it, right, we're we're constantly saying one thing like I really care about you, but mm -hmm. really what I want to do is sell this product, mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. we got to be really really careful about that and just and just speak the truth, yeah. um, and just own it. You know, the thing that's helped me, I think, earn the respect of my wife is just apologizing, saying, "Look, not minimizing, not manipulating," because I have a really powerful personality, so I can manipulate. I could say things mm -hmm. like, "Well, you know, Stephanie, I would never do that." That's lying. Yes, I would. Yeah. Yes, I, I totally <laughs> the right would. Yeah. True. Um, and that's one of the things that I've seen in pastors. Pastors mm. manipulate and they use their God-given personality to use people to get what they want. Yeah. And I just, I just don't do that. Mm. Um, like for example, when we when we set my salary, and I, I, I'm on a contract. I think it's every two years. It used to be on the. Yeah, I think it's two or three years. So I used to sit in the meetings mm -hmm. where they. So they you can vouch for it, this. Mm -hmm. I leave. Yeah, they have to send you out of the room. Uh, well, they, they, they don't actually, have to. I actually started yeah. that huh. because it's hard for them to negotiate my salary while I'm sitting in the room like oh, a puppy yeah. dog staring yeah. at them, you know, like, you know. I did good this year, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I don't, don't want to like manipulate it? them at all because mm. I want to be able to stand there and, and our church know that none of those dollars, like they, they don't, mm. that's, but and our, our, our board takes very good care of me and I'm very thankful for that. Right. But I am very <laughs> intentional of not using my God-given mm. gifts to manipulate and twist and use people yeah. um, mm. because I want the spirit to move you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want God's spirit to move you. And so Paul says that, right? I didn't come with words. I didn't come with wisdom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I came humble and, and the power of God, right? Boom, right. was awakened in you. And so we have to be very careful of that. Uh, even with my kids that I don't use my, you know, I don't coerce them or strong arm them, but, mm -hmm. but try to help them discover because two of my kids are adults now. One of my kids is, is getting there, but... Um, you know, I'm really turning, um, you know, from like the police officer to the coach, you know, mm -hmm. I, I used to control everything and now sure. I'm just coaching, mm -hmm. yeah. but trying to get them to make good decisions rather than the decision that I want. And, mm. um, and that's hard. Uh, yeah. but as parents, we can manipulate the people we love our kids. Sure. You know, we can, we can lie to our kids. We can coerce, uh, with the things we say or we don't say mm. just, well, Jesus says this. So here's the goal. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Yeah. So speak very clearly and very truthfully. And, um, what I've learned is the more words you have to use, probably the more lying is coming out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. So, Well, it's good connection there, talking about the Holy Spirit's work in our life is what leads us into all truth. Jesus teaches us, yeah. right? Um, and then pointing back to, well, what is the truth? We shouldn't lie. And so in this question, it says, why does the Bible say that the law leads to death? What you're saying is more the pursuit of righteousness through the law yeah. is what leads to death. Yeah. But the law itself actually is good for us. The right. truth, that truth but it's how we get there. Yeah. yeah, think of it this way. So what's the speed limit in California on the highway? 65? Yeah, or Probably. 70 in some spots. Okay, so let's say it's 65. 80, something like now, that. Now, is that going to save your soul? 
No. No, but if you if everybody obeys it, it's probably going to save lives. True. So look at the law that yeah. way. So don't that's negate no, don't negate the speed limit because right. well that's not going to save my soul. Yeah, but it, you, you got a family in the car, right? Right. Yeah. That's so good. maybe maybe head of household, maybe you should obey the laws. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, is not is not texting while driving going to save yeah. your soul? Nope, but it's going to save your life and somebody else's life. So don't do it. True. The law uh, was given to guide us in a sinful world, mm. and so these are principles to live by. Yes. Um. You know, like like if you live in the jungle, you need to know there's a tiger. <laughs> right. The law yeah. shows you where the tiger is. Now, there's no guarantee that you're not going to get eaten anyways, but but if you know where the tiger is and you mm-hmm. don't go there, the percentages are... Yeah, you know not to better, put the yeah, tiger. Yeah, and you that's know good. To, yeah. So then we got idiots, right? Gosh, I keep saying that word. We got <laughs> we have individuals uh-huh. that go into the jungle, get eaten, and are like, why, God, did this happen? Mm. Well, if you would have read the law mm-hmm. that says don't do that... Um, mm. You know? Yeah. So, so that, that that's what I think he's missing is that we need to understand these principles and just tell me which of the Ten Commandments can you not do? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. are are you now because of Christ can you kill somebody? Because of Christ can you right. have another God? Because of Christ can you worship an idol? Because of you know God can you lie? Can you cheat? Can you steal? Yeah. Uh, you know, we, right? We still we still need to do these things because right. ultimately they fall under Jesus's great commandment: love God and love your neighbor mm-hmm. as yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, Paul even said that when he became all things to all men, and he went through that list, right? Mm-hmm. And he talks about to those that were under the law, I became as one under the law, not that I was under yeah. the law myself. Mm-hmm. Then he said, those without the law, I became as one that was without the law, not that I lived outside of yeah. the law. Like that yeah. whole mm-hmm. picture of, no, it's still good. We yeah. need this, not yeah. just not to be justified. Not, yeah, that's yeah. good. Paul's, Paul's issue, like with circumcision, um, it, it is, it's not that, you know, as a Jew, you shouldn't be circumcised. It's just that it's not going to save you. Right. Mm-hmm. So to be saved, to follow Christ, I don't have to be circumcised. That, that mm-hmm. was his issue. Is it, look, that, that is not going to save your soul. Mm-hmm. Um, he says circumcision or, or not, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah. irrelevant. Only Christ can save. So Paul's issue with the law always comes back to, it has to be subservient to Christ. Christ yeah. is the only way for the Jew and the Gentile to be saved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's his issue and that's what he's fighting against. And unfortunately, Christians have taken it today to mean, um, you know, we can do whatever we want. Uh, mm-hmm. We're watching the show Vikings mm-hmm. with my son and, and the Vikings are fascinated with blood. And there's this episode last night where the dude, they kill the animal and he drinks the blood. Mm-hmm. And my son's like, what? I said, that's why the Bible said, don't do that. That's mm-hmm. what pagans did. Yeah, mm-hmm. Pagans were fascinated with blood. They drank blood. They worshiped blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and God said, don't do that. That's good because you can get a lot of diseases by drinking blood. Yeah. So it's really good. So, mm. yeah. Uh, so on this topic of lying, actually going back to there, uh, Simone wrote in and said, in your notes, you stated that lying steals from my true self. How would you define one's true self? As kind of you referenced in your message. Yeah, your true weekend. self is who God made you to be. And so, mm. um, gosh, I, I need to pull, I can't think of this verse. Um, sorry, guys, I was sick yesterday, so I didn't do all the prep that I normally do for this. So I would have had this verse, but. It's in the New Living Translation, but it talks about that in Christ, your true self is revealed. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give the, get that verse to Stephanie. Yeah. But we don't even know mm-hmm. who we are. So the, Apol- the Apostle Paul says that we now see things as in a poorly lit mirror. So yeah. we're, we're, trying, we're trying to see ourselves. We kind of get a glimpse. We don't get a glimpse. We don't see ourselves. So God actually sees our true self. And um, mm-hmm. so we need to talk about... Um, so. Christ died on the cross and saved you, Simone. So he died on the cross to save your soul, but he also bought you back. So the, the word is redeemed. So he's redeemed you. And, and mm. what the word redeemed means is he's redeemed you back to what you were supposed to always be. 
Yeah. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get you back to what he always meant you to be. So when you read Psalms 139 and you read those words, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, for a lot of us, that's really hard to agree with. Mm. And it's because we don't see ourselves the way God does because he sees us the way we were made to be. Yeah. Uh, C.S. Lewis said that if we could ever see ourselves the way that God sees us, we would look at ourselves in the mirror and gasp in horror at what we've become. Mm. Yeah. Because we've fallen so far mm-hmm. uh, from 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 the dignity of what God made us as he created us in his image. And so your true self can only be found and unlocked in Christ. Mm. So think about this. Christ Jesus, everything that he did, it's not a picture of all that God can do. It's a picture of what man can do. Mm. That's what Jesus, I mean, that's what Jesus is. Jesus is a picture of what human beings were always meant to be. So when you go back to Genesis 4 and Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden, God puts a cherubim, one of his mightiest, most powerful angels, to guard the garden, not against animals, against Adam and Eve. Mm. They were so powerful and so awesome, they could subdue animals. Mm. Like they were, they were warriors. They were these, these great things, right? You know, just, and, and we've become a Mm. shadow of that over time and we've become less and less and less. And so, um, right. We, we, we're taught that we're evolving. We're getting smarter, better, and sharper. Um, and the only, um, uh, country that I know that talks about uh, de-evolution is Indian. Uh, in a, a country mm. of India, they talk about how we're getting less smarter, less intelligent. We're becoming more frail. Um, mm. And those things have happened. Like when you look at the ancient world, I mean, how on earth did the Egyptians, you know, 4,000 years ago do the pyramids? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, they had some stuff we don't have. Right. Like they, they were able to do things that just wows us. Um, yeah. Just incredible giftedness. And so anyways, that's a, that's a whole mm. other story. But um, who, everything that you are meant to be can only be found in Christ. Christ Jesus mm-hmm. is, you know, who God has always made you to be. Um, you know, last last night or yesterday, I was sick all day and so I was on the couch and, and so my son was being a loving kid. And so we sat down and he said, dad, let's watch a movie together. And mm-hmm. so uh, we watched Superman. Um, and a lot of people don't realize, you know, Superman, the story was written by Jews. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I'm gonna geek out a little bit here, but if, if you know... Uh, if you know Hebrew, uh, Superman's real name, do you know it? Clark, okay. No, no. that's his, no. his real oh. name is Kal-El. Kal-El, oh. yeah. Okay, so that's Hebrew. <laughs> I'm not so, sure. So, Kol is yeah. voice, El is God. His name is the voice of God. Huh. His father's name is Joel, which mm. means Yahweh is God. Huh. So, Superman is this picture of what humanity was supposed that. to be. Right, yeah. and so I told my son that, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, Dad, you're so smart." I'm like, "Well, no, I took a lot. Of, I took a lot of Hebrew." Um, yeah. So, you know, so so Superman, right? It's this like it's this idea that mm. mankind can be something greater than we are. Yeah, you know, leaps tall buildings with a single right. bound. You know, all of these things, and um, it's just this idea that we're we're not yet what we're supposed to be. Mm. And um, so, even Jews who re- have rejected Christ understand that we're supposed to be so much more. Yeah. And, and that's what Jesus is, right? Jesus is the super man. That's who he is. Um, he is both God and man. He represents God fully and he represents mankind fully. And it's a picture of what we can become. And um, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So, so that's what yeah. I would say, Simone, is, is that continue to press in. And that's why I think the Enneagram is so important. Look at how God has shaped you mm-hmm. and, and just know that... Um, you know, like for me, right? So a three, I'm the I'm the achiever, uh, the promoter, the um, the actor, right? God is God has utilized me to to create a better world. And yet, if I fall into my core sin of lying, what I do is I create my own world that doesn't help anybody, including myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And so I have to press deeply and consistently into the truth yeah. because God did not call me to be a liar. God called me to be a truth teller, which is yeah. why we ended in that verse in Colossians. Do not lie to one another, but speak the truth. Yeah. Um, and that's something that we we all have to say in community group is, okay, I'm going to speak the truth because we all, we all have sat in small groups, myself included, <laughs> when somebody's sharing something that's just not true mm-hmm. uh, and, and we just bite our tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or and we like, and oh, we no, go. It's okay. Like, yeah, it's okay, or it's not worth it, or I'm not going to confront this person, and it's j- that is not true. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great uh, segue here because Kate had a very specific question about how do you deal with that. She says, "Whoa, uh, yeah." She well, she starts off says, "I'm loving and so appreciative of this new series. I'm a high six and five on the Enneagram, and one of the things that has come up for me both um, with coveting and lying is how it affects my relationships with others." Uh, most most especially as I notice others lying to me, which is a real struggle for me. Hmm. We can't control others' actions, but it can uh, be hard to navigate how to lovingly and respectfully confront people when we are suspicious, think or know they are that we are being lied to. What are some healthy ways to approach and confront lying relationships? Right. So she's a six five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So six is. When they're unhealthy, uh, what's her name? Uh, Kate. Kate. Uh, sixes assume the worst in the motives of others. So huh. that's the unhealthy six. Interesting. So you have to be very, very careful um, because what's driving that is you're afraid they're not telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. So that's what's driving. Now, here's the thing about sixes. Sixes oftentimes can sniff out. My wife can sniff out a lie mm-hmm. uh, faster than anybody. Mm. So that's just her thing. She's like, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Um, mm. So which is, you can imagine, was very challenging for me (laughs) as a three when we got married, uh, lying every other word. So here's what I would say is, instead of confronting somebody uh, on their lies, I would say this, you know, Jono, I just really want you to feel safe with me, Hmm. that that you can be honest. Um, Because I care care more about you telling me the truth than I care about my feelings. Hmm. The reason most people lie to us is they don't want to hurt our feelings. Mm -hmm. And so we need to give permission. We need to give people permission to hurt our feelings and to share the truth. Like, for mm-hmm. example, uh, John, if you invite me to, over to a party this Friday night, and I really don't want to go. Now, I don't need to say, John, I don't want to go to your party, <laughs> but I do need to be able to say, you know what? I, I need a night off, mm-hmm. and I would lo- I would love to, you know, be at your party and celebrate with you. But but I I just need a night, and then that's the truth for most of the reasons why Tammy and I need to turn people down because we don't have a lot of time to ourselves. And if yeah. we don't have time to ourselves, our family yeah. screwed up, our marriage is screwed up. And that's yeah. the truth. And so we have to say no more than we would like to say no. Yeah. Th- that's just the reality. Not everybody's in, in that place. And I understand that, but um, you know, my wife is it. I no, my, somebody has a t-shirt that says, I didn't want to come. That's why I'm late, oh. <laughs> which, you know, that's a little insulting, but um try to give people permission to tell the truth. Now, mm. now, having said that, we have relationships with friends that I would love so dearly uh, for them to be able to be honest with us, but mm. for whatever reason, they can't be. And um, you can't force people into the truth. Mm-hmm. They yeah. have to come into it on their own, at their own time, at their own safety. Remember, we're all on this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, uh, what you need to do is pray that God will release them and and, and ask them you know, to you know, to come into the group or to come in, you know, to, to be able to be secure enough to say, hey, here's what's going on. And, and let me just say this. None of your groups are ever going to be what God wants them to be unless people are truthful. Yeah. It's just not going to happen, man. And um, man, the, the lying is keeping you from from what God's mm-hmm. called you to be. 
And so here's what I would say is where, where are you lying? Where are you not being truthful? Hmm. And, and, and start there and try to be a person that speaks the truth lovingly to people, not out of fear, hmm. right? Um, you know, so the six, right, is going to assume the worst in people. The five hmm. is going to just think people are stupid. So, hmm. right, so you've got, you've, got, you've got part of your brain that's like, I don't trust you. And the other part's like, they're all idiots, right? So th- <laughs> th- that's what's happening. Um, and so you have to fight against that and press hmm. in and say, okay, people, people matter. I care about people yeah. and I need to help them tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been in small groups where the truth has not been spoken. Uh, I've been in small groups where the truth has been spoken. And, and, mm-hmm. and the most powerful groups for me have been the places where, look, we're just real. And it's really when hard, though, when people are, are not at a place to be real. When you're in a group like that, where, where have you found to be the best? Because there's probably times where it's like, hey, we all need to probably talk about this together. Have you found that there's other things where, you know what, I... I'm I'm seeing something. I'm going to talk to them after we're meeting. Or would you say? Yeah, no. Talk about it. No, I would say talk personally in. first. So okay. so always. So Matthew 18 is talk right. first to the person. Always mm-hmm. you go one on one and 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 don't you know don't confront me in the group. Please don't do that. So talk yeah. to me one on one. That's good. Then if that doesn't work, bring a friend. Mm-hmm. So bring two. Then bring it to the group and right. say, look, you know, um, John, I've talked to you one on one. Stephanie and I, we went out to coffee. Coffee. We went out to coffee and we talked to you. Yeah. Now we feel like we need to bring this to the group because you're not being honest. Mm-hmm. And we've, I've talked to you about this personally. Stephanie right. has been there. Stephanie's a witness. We, we've talked about this. We care about you. We love you. Mm. But we need to deal with this problem. And um, now let me say this. I have not done this. Mm-hmm. Um, as a three, here's how I sell out. I'm like, yeah, it's not worth it. There's no <laughs> success in that. Yeah. And so, um, mm. you know, we, we, we've started a new group. We've been in this new group for about a year. And I've just said, look, I believe God's called us to community. We have to be 100% honest no matter what. Mm. And uh, we've had some really, really rough, hard conversations in our group, um, but we have a great group. Mm. And um, we work through those questions. And again, you know, for a lot of you that just share your week in your small group, yeah, you know, of course you are, because you don't want to deal with this. Mm-hmm. What happens when we share our weeks is we talk about what we want to talk about, not what we need to talk about. Mm. And so... Again, God has spoken through whoever's preaching the weekend message. We've heard his word, and now we need to talk about that because the Holy Spirit is orchestrating that, and we all need to submit to that process and say, okay, what am I going to share? What am I going to talk about? And the truth is, we are all lying. Mm -hmm. All of us are lying. All of us are being untruthful. Some of us just struggle with it, Mm. you know, more than others. And so, um, you know, it's like my wife, she doesn't think I have any fear. Well, of course not, because she's a six. Mm. I have fear. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid. I'm just not driven by it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so some people, you know, you lie. You're, you're not driven by lies. You're not driven yeah. by the need to present yourself better than you are, yeah. but you struggle with it. And yeah. so, you know, we just need to be open and honest with that. And I, and I know that it's difficult. Um, but again, really, really, and again, pray pray for your small group. Pray for the people in your group and really genuinely love them. Mm-hmm. Because if love is your motivation. That's good. Man, yeah. the Holy Spirit's on it. Like if you're an unhealthy one and you just want everybody to be right, that's going to go really bad. Yeah. Yep. So um, you're not the referee of the small group. You know, liar, mm-hmm. liar, liar. That's <laughs> that's not your job. <laughs> that's good. Your job is to love those people and yeah. care more about them than the policy of truth. Yeah, that's so. good. Yeah. So we've got one more question on lying from Rihanna. And I love this because I think this is where I tend to fall. She says, I understand that lying to others is a sin, but I, for one, sometimes lie to myself. Is that a sin? And do you have any advice on how to limit my weakness? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I lie to myself all the time. And 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 w- here's how I lie to myself is that doesn't matter. That doesn't hurt me. Mm. And let me tell you how that's worked out in my life. So 
I get people that that hurt me all the time. Like, here, here's a great line. Hey, it's not this is not personal, but I'm leaving the church. Well, how's that not going to be personal? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I mean, sandals is my heart and soul. Mm. How, how is that not personal? And so, mm. what I do is I act like it doesn't hurt me and wound me. And then you know what? What I do is I save up that hurt for someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and usually it's my wife yeah. or my kids mm. or it's my friends where I'm comfortable and I let that out. Mm-hmm. And um, I, and I've just had to learn to say that. I've had to learn to say these words. I disagree. Um, that really hurts me. Mm-hmm. I, I've had to vocalize that mm-hmm. because as a three, I'm a stuffer, mm-hmm. and my lying is I want to pretend that I'm okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to pretend that you yeah. don't hurt me. Mm-hmm. I want to pretend that that doesn't matter. And the truth is it does matter. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And this was just a huge conversation for my wife and I. Uh, my wife's a counterphobic six, which means they attack things they're afraid of. And so she would come at me when we first got married and I would pretend that it didn't hurt me. Mm. And um, you know, for years I was dishonest to her, acting like what she was doing and saying wasn't hurtful. Mm. And that's not right to her. Yeah. Um, because to her, you know, I'm this stone, right. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't get wounded or hurt and doesn't care. And the truth is, man, there's wait till we get to that shall not commit adultery because I'm going to talk about why I think a lot of men commit adultery. And I think that it's huge because women don't understand that their words do matter. And we're going to talk about why that is. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, just saying, Hey, that really hurts. You know, a lot of guys, mm-hmm. ladies, when your husband is raging and acting like a complete moron, the reason oftentimes he's doing that is he's afraid to say, you've hurt me deeply. Mm-hmm. Huh. That, that has wounded me. I, I care. I care. Like, I, I don't care about as many things as my wife does. She cares mm-hmm. about too much. But I can tell you <laughs> this. I care about what she thinks. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. she thinks matters to me, man. Yeah. Like, if my wife thinks I'm a loser, that's going to be really hard mm-hmm. for me to, to get through the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I need to vocalize that mm-hmm. and tell her, hey, I, I love you. And so... Um, here's how you need to be honest with yourself is, is what's wounding me? Hmm. What's really wounding me? What's really hurting me? And then I would go and talk to a counselor because oftentimes the people that have wounded us might not be healthy enough to hear that. Mm -hmm. Um, Hmm. You know, I, unfortunately I hear all the time, you know, uh, it just happened a couple weeks ago and I I know this guy listened to the debrief, so please don't feel bad. I love you. Um, But he came up to me in a small group. He says, Hey man, you know, uh, I'm struggling with an addiction and I'm working the 12 steps. And one of the steps is uh, forgiving people that have hurt you. And I'm like, I'm like, I've hurt everyone. Right. And I, you know, he's like, you know, I've been, I've been upset and bitter at you since 2008. And I'm like, Whoa. yeah, I get that a lot. Um, so um, if you're bitter towards me, you know, tell somebody else, you don't need to tell me. Um, but some people just aren't ready to hear that. Like if it's your mom or dad, they, they you know, I can tell you as um a person who's raised kids, you know, I don't know, I don't know how I tweaked my kids. I know I tweaked them because I'm a sinner. Um, but, you know, I, I, and I hope if they come back to me and they say, Hey, here's some things. I hope that I'm in a place where I can hear that, but yeah. I don't know that I would be. Um, that's hard. It's oh, hard yeah. for a parent yeah. to say, okay, I could have done better. Mm-hmm. I should have done better. Um, oh, yeah. and, and I hope that my kids know that I love them. And I, and I want to be in a place to hear that. So I know a lot of kids want to go back and tell their parents, well, you, you jacked me up. Well, yeah, and you're going to jack your kids up. So mm-hmm. um, the, the longer I've parented, the more grace I've had for my parents. <laughs> yeah. Because you realize, man, it's really, really hard mm-hmm. um, to stay married, raise your kids, keep a job, pay the bills. Like mm-hmm. like life is really hard and, mm-hmm. and kids don't know that. Um, 
So, so just be, just be in a place where you, you might have to process your hurt and your healing on your own. Mm-hmm. Like, especially like, mm. what if they're dead? Like one of my close friends, uh, her biggest issue is her mother who's dead. Mm. She can't, she can't go. You, and, she yeah. can't go to that person. So I have to believe that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can heal on our own with God, mm. with counseling, mm-hmm. with our friends. And, and we can walk through that because she doesn't have a mom that can say, yeah. I'm really sorry. Mm. I, yeah. I hurt you. And, um, and I really care about this person. She really matters to me. And it breaks my heart that she, she can't, she can't go and have that conversation with her mom and her dad. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, so, so that's what I would say is, is just get honest with yourself, get completely mm-hmm. honest with yourself and, um, just yeah. trust that God loves you, that God's grace is real for you. Yeah. And, um, and, and God can still use you. There's, there's still time, man. There's still yeah. time to get it right. There's still time to make a difference yeah. because what the enemy's going to say is, you can't make a difference. You wasted your life, mm. man. If you got a week left, there's still time. Mm. There's still time yeah. To, yeah. to make an impact and make a difference. And well, in that in that conversation, what you're talking about with that, how do we, you know, process hurt and process pain, and and even you talked about different steps there that ties right in with our question, kind of changing gears a little bit more towards the coveting conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, Brittany writes in, and she another says, sin that I'm really good at. Yeah, <laughs> she uh, she writes in um, and shares a little bit of her her story here. Uh, she says, my husband and I had a baby boy on December 5th. We knew since I was 18 weeks pregnant that the chances of my baby surviving were slim. We continued the pregnancy anyway, praying for a miracle. We got to spend five hours with our son before he passed, which was a miracle in and of itself since we were told we would only have minutes. Um, we haven't been to church since then until this past Sunday. Uh, it was very hard for my husband and I, we saw every pregnant woman and babies, all little boys. It was painful reminder of what we lost. We haven't returned to a community group yet. And a big reason is that there's a pregnant couple. I don't feel any hate towards them. I am happy for those that I know uh, and see that they are pregnant. I pray for healthy pregnancies and healthy babies. It's just painful right now. After um, listening to the sermon, I was wondering if my wanting to avoid all these people was right or wrong. We miss church and community group and hope it gets easier. Our community group has been with us through our whole relationship, wedding, pregnancy, and this baby. And so we want to go back. It's just hard right now. And I'm, I'm hoping it's just part of our grief and not coveting our families and friends. Yeah. Wow, um, what a story. Yeah. Well, my heart breaks for you. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. In grief, we can sin. Hmm. So yes, what she's doing is wrong. And so hmm. some of our listeners are going to, crash their car right now as I'm saying that. Hmm. But you need somebody that loves you and cares for you. Yeah. And uh, I actually am aware of your story. Um, I know the ministers from our church that were there with you hmm. um, and it affected them and, I mean, they were they were a wreck and it wasn't even their kid. Yeah. Um, so let me first say uh, thank you for uh, carrying that baby to term. Yeah. I, I'm sure that there was, uh, if hmm. not pressure, at least the option to abort that child. Sure. And uh, you did the hard thing but it was the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you gave birth to a, a child that, mm-hmm. um, you know, only had five hours to live, but that yeah. was the right thing. And, and God yeah. is pleased with your obedience despite the grief. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so let me uh, encourage you mm-hmm. there. Um, but then let me admonish you to say, look, loneliness is, is going to give the devil just all kinds of permission in mm-hmm. your life. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I think it's normal to be a little hurt as you see... Um, you know, pregnant 
mothers yeah. uh, in our church. And uh, of course, I think that that's normal and natural, but it's still sinful. Yeah. It still is. Um, and so just take mm. that to the Lord, confess that and say, God, help, help, mm. help me to rejoice in healthy babies. And here's why. You know how hard it is when the baby isn't healthy, when the baby does die. Yeah. And uh, I'm mm. sure, I don't know you, but I'm sure you wouldn't want anyone to go through what you've gone through. Mm. And so rejoice in that and, uh, and, and pray. And, and here's the thing that you know that most people don't know is every baby that's born is a miracle. Yeah. And I think we, we take it for granted. We assume in our current culture that, you know, every child is going to be okay and born without any disease or ailment. And, and the reality is sometimes things like this do happen. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think it's normal and it's natural to, to be upset, to be angry. Just hear me. Everything you're doing is a normal, natural reaction. It's still sinful. Yeah. And so don't let that uh, bitterness get root in your heart mm-hmm. because as it does, Satan's going to get a hold of your heart. And what you need now more than anything is God in your heart, mm-hmm. healing you yeah. and comforting you. And here's the thing. You worship a God who lost a kid. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, so when God demonstrates his love for us, he chooses the loss of an only child mm. as the picture of his willingness to sacrifice to buy us back. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for that because I don't even know what that feels like, but you do. Yeah. You know what it feels like to lose a child. God did that intentionally mm. for you to win you back. Yeah. Um, and, and here's the thing that, 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 you know, it was a son, correct? Yeah. yeah. You know, your son is, is in the arms of, of Jesus being cared for, mm. you know, healthy and whole and yeah. loved. And um, here's the thing that's bizarre. Um, you're going to be led around the streets of heaven by a child who knows more about God than you do. Wow. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's going to be there's going to be a happy ending in this suffering. It's just mm-hmm. not here in this life. Mm-hmm. Trust that. Believe that. Um you know, here's what I would say in the small group. Just say what everybody knows. It is hard. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is hard to see uh, healthy pregnancies. That It's a reminder of your wounding, of your of the deepest pain of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the reality is December 5th is going to mm-hmm. be a hard day for the rest of your life. Yeah. It, it just is. Um, mm. You know, with time, I think it can get better, but it's it, December 5th is always going to be it's mm. just that day. It's that yeah. day for you. And I'm sorry for that. My heart my heart breaks for that, mm-hmm. um, for you. But don't give the enemy a foothold there and just say, say tell your group, um, I do wish our, our situation was your situation. I don't want to take away your child. I, I want um I want I I want what's right. So Solomon tells a mm. story about two women who both have a child and right. one one woman loses a child and takes the other woman's child and says it's her own. Mm-hmm. And they actually go before Solomon, both claiming it's their child. Right. And, um, you know, Solomon, the famous decision is cut it in half and give half of the kid to each woman and they'll both be happy. Well, the daughter who knows it's her true child goes, no, it's not worth it. That's not worth it. Right. But the coveting woman mm-hmm. actually wants the kid dead. Mm. That's what coveting can do. Mm. It can, it, it can, the pain, the pain, the unrepented pain mm-hmm. in your heart could actually lead you to be that evil. That's right. the end road. Mm. I want this baby so bad. If I can't have it, she can't have it either. Mm. That's the ugly side of sin. Mm-hmm. So that's why you need to confess that. It's normal. It's mm-hmm. natural. Um, yeah. But it's not godly. We're not yeah. called to be natural. We're not called to be normal. Yeah. We're called to be supernatural mm, and to good. say, guys, 
I, I don't want this. I already have this heartache, right? So it's already going to be hard for you and your husband to heal from this. Yeah. We don't need to add to it. So we talked about inviting the devil into our life. Mm-hmm. We're saying, God, this is the most painful moment of our life. We, mm-hmm. we, we're we barely going to get through this with your help. Right. Mm-hmm. We certainly do not want demonic help here. Yeah. Yes. So we're going to confess this and we're going to get in our group. We're going to get back in church and we're going to trust God. And here's the thing. At the end of your life, you're going to have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and here, here's the truth about your son. Your son is in heaven right now with God, praying that you and your husband would heal, praying that, that, it, that he know that you would know that he's okay, that he's in the arms of a loving father, mm-hmm. uh, that he is well, healed, and whole. Uh, he has a spiritual body that works. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the truth of who God is. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, and you can rejoice in that in the midst of your pain and your suffering. You mm-hmm. still have loss and you still have heartache. But just know... Um, Sin is always evil. And and when we try to minimize it, what we do is we maximize the devil's influence in our life. And again, mm-hmm. I know, man, there's going to be a bunch of pumped up people who say, you don't know what it's like. I'm not saying I know what it's like. Yeah. I'm just saying, I know what sin's like. Right. And, and you don't want that in your life. Get in church. We love you. We care for you. Matter of fact, right. find me in the lobby. I don't know what campus you go to. I'm at Hunter Park on most weekends. Let's pray together. Yeah. Let me hug you both. And let me just tell you, I love you and I care for you. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know what God has in store for you, but I know he does he doesn't want you to be worried about what other women are experiencing yeah. and yeah. what other or uh, what, isolating yeah. yourself yeah. as a result yeah, of that. Yeah. yeah. That's what the devil wants. The devil wants mm-hmm. you guys isolated and alone. Yeah. And um mm-hmm. uh, you guys are you guys are going through the worst thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of shifting to Another question on the topic of coveting, Elise wrote in and says, why do I tend to envy the people I care for the most, like my boyfriend, rather than being able to rejoice with them and their successes? Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're just honest with yourself. (laughs) You know, I mean, it takes a lot to get there. Yeah. Your curses, you're real. Um, Mm. I think most people don't realize how, um, how, how they can become envious. Like, like a big thing in our culture today is, uh, you know, um, women in the workplace, men stay at home. Um, men are not psychologically wired to stay at home. And, and it's really, really hard, especially when the woman is uh, doing better and mm-hmm. um, uh, is making more money. That, mm-hmm. that is really, really hard because I think men, you know, we we just, we're, we're looking, <laughs> you know, how everybody else is doing and that's yeah. really, really hard. Um, you know, I have a, a friend of mine that went through medical school and the statistics say that if the husband goes through medical school, the, the marriage will stay intact. But if the wife does, it's just it's really really hard for the for the husband to do that, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's just the the way that we're wired. And so um, you know I think that it's it's really really important. Like for Tammy and I, right? We're two we're a high profile couple, so mm-hmm. people know who we are. It's important that I celebrate her and I lift her up because for most of our life she's had to take the back seat in terms mm-hmm. of notoriety. Um, you know, um, we don't we don't talk about in our marriage my money like it's our money. We don't right. have separate accounts. We have the same account. Mm. Um, everything that I have is ours. Mm. It's mm. not mine. It's ours. We, we do it together. Uh, we're partners in life because it's easy to become envious of the attention. Mm-hmm. That, that think about it. That's how dark we are. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like that's the reality, right? That's why. That's why this. That's why the law should lead you mm-hmm. to the end of yourself. Yeah. I mean, those knuckleheads. You know, the Pharisees. What it led them to is being full of themselves, not to the end of themselves. Mm. Paul's saying is, man, if you're honest about the law and you go on this journey, you're going to throw your hands up and go, man, I can't do this. Right. I cannot right. do this uh, because we are all competitive and 
we've got to learn to celebrate um, others. Yeah. You know, it's it's so funny. Um, I go to this, you know, I was at this conference. And so that when I say conference, it's not a conference. It's a <laughs> gathering of maybe 50 pastors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are the 50 pastors of the largest churches in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like last year, we got invited by Trump to come to the White House. He didn't show, but we were there. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, these are these are influencers. And it, I think it's just, right, it's unhealthy and sinful, but we kind of compare mm-hmm. each other. And, and I was feeling so um, unworthy. And Sandals is a big church. We're one of the biggest churches in the United States. And I still feel, you know, like, ah. Mm-hmm. And I had this old guy come up to me and, and he has a, their church campus has a hundred acres in Florida. Wow. A hundred acres. <laughs> Like that's, I don't, I don't know if Cal Baptist a is a hundred acres. Yeah. yeah. Like think about that. That's huge. Um, and he told me, he said, when I look, this is what he said. When I look at what God's doing in you and at sandals, it just makes me feel terrible about myself. Mm. And that broke my mm. heart. Yeah. Cause here's this guy that I'm envious of and I'm like, well, he's envious. And I'm like, okay. I, it mm. completely caused me to realize like when I come to this conference, I'm no longer going to talk about what God's doing at sandals. Mm. I'm going to encourage and I'm going to love on these yeah. incredibly successful, but incredibly insecure people. Huh. And you yeah. know why I know that? Because I'm one of them. Because you're one of them. Yeah. I'm one of them. <laughs> wow. And um, the reason that we're envious is we're convinced that everybody else's life is better yeah. and everybody mm-hmm. else's life is happier. And, um, you know, Tammy and I, we took a, a tour of Greenwich, mm. um, uh, New York, and they were showing us the houses. And this one house, I mean, guys, these these are apartments. Right. And it sold for $26 million. Oh my gosh. $26 million. <laughs> oh, and I man. mean, no yard. Right. No, I mean. Yeah, a box. Not even a fence separates your house. You, you are wall to wall people. Mm. Um, and I mean, I wouldn't want to live in it. Yeah. And you're just like, and then you start thinking, how much money do these guys have? Yeah. Uh, most real estate in New York City is $4,000 a square foot. So to put that in perspective, sure. Riverside is $200 a square foot, right, right. around 200 bucks a square foot. $4,000. So, oh, man. Yeah, so a 1,000 square foot apartment to buy in New York City, mm. and these most of them are 100 years old, mm. 150 years old, so that means your water comes out brown. Oh. Hopefully the poop goes down. Yeah, See what I did uh-huh. there? Just rhyme. That was good. Um, <laughs> you're paying $4 million yeah. for a 1,000 square foot apartment. Mm. You know, you said something this weekend that makes me think of that, of how when you say, um, if we're so busy being someone else, we'll never get to be ourselves, who God's called us to be. And a lot of that ties back in and that there's a lot in that in that conversation of your identity and where is your identity and being envious of the people around you, especially the ones that you love the most because you see them the most Mm -hmm. probably. Um, So much of it is in that being yeah. Um, settled in your identity. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I was even thinking, I can't remember if it was in your sermon or something. I'd listened to that same week when you were talking about envy is that it comes from like pride too mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'm envious of what they have because I feel like I should have that yeah. too. So not even insecurity, but more like something even darker and like jealousy of like, no, like I should have uh, that. And I wonder if some of that envy, especially when it comes to the people we care for the most is we know those people the best. So we think, well, I know them like they don't deserve that. I deserve that. Like, yeah. I don't, and I'm not trying to put that on your leash or say that's what you're doing, but I think even I'll do that sometimes of when I'm envious of things, I think sometimes it's because I think I should have that. Yeah. Um, and like, well, and, and if you're a millennial, I mean, that's why socialism is so popular amongst your age mm. group, because what socialism says is I deserve what you have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and think about this, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, I mean, capitalism is got its own baggage, but socialism says I have the right to take what you have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Because it should be fair. Because it should be fair. It should be mine. Um, and it's it's just really, really dangerous that people are saying that I deserve all of these things. And, and all my little, our little liberal listeners, I'm not saying that we can't have a more progressive tax. I'm not saying anything like that. Because on the right, it's immoral too. Uh, both sides have their challenges. But this whole version of, I deserve what you have. And, um, you know, it, it's just... It's just really, really scary, and um, because we're really, really dissatisfied, rather than yeah. taking a look and saying, "Okay, how can I, um, you know, in the freest society that's ever existed?" I'm not saying America's perfect, mm. um, but if you're in America right now today, you're blessed, uh, more blessed than any human being in any time. Mm-hmm. How can how can I use the gifts and qualities that God's given me to build the life that I want? Mm. Well, I'm just going to take what what somebody else has, right. and um, you know. Um, we just really, really have to take a look at ourselves and say, okay, it, it, envy drives a lot of things. And, um, you know, instead of saying, okay, what is this person that has the life that I want? What are some of the things that I can look at? And so what what I do when I look at churches that are bigger and more successful than Sandals, instead of being envious, I say, what are some of the things that they're doing that I'm not doing mm-hmm. that if I did, I could, I could have more of the life that I want. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing is, um, you know, I mean, Donald Trump is deserves a lot of the criticism that he gets, but a lot of the hatred simply become comes from the fact that he's a billionaire. And so, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so what are some of the things that that he's mm. done in his life that could help you get to where you want to be? So, for example, I'm I'm listening to this Craig Groeschel podcast, and I got to be honest with you, his podcast on time management. It, <laughs> he might as well have thrown me on the ground and just repeatedly kicked me in the face. <laughs> Because he, he has lived, and, and I'm going to tell you, and I think most people that know me, Stephanie, she, she used to be my assistant. Mm-hmm. She knows I live a very disciplined life. Like oh, I do the yeah. same thing every day. Mm. I'm one of the most disciplined people I know. Craig Rochelle puts me to shame, <laughs> puts me to shame. And I realize, okay, um, you know, the reason, I, you know, you haven't read a book by Matt Brown is I'm not disciplined. I have not mm. included that discipline in my life of mm. writing. I haven't done those things. Um, you know, man, the reason Sandals Church has not been more successful is because I was unwilling to make some of the hard decisions that I knew mm. needed to be made. Mm. Um, and that's the truth. And that hurts. But man, if you want to get where you want to be, you need to look at some of the people and say, okay, what have they done? Mm. Uh, like, I'm not going to look at Donald Trump's marriage life and go, how do I, yeah. I don't want that right. life. Like the, the yeah. guy, the guy is, he, he in no way represents um, the sexual ethic that mm-hmm. I want to live. Right. Mm-hmm. That I am not going to, man, you know, Barack Obama, uh, as far as I know, has lived a much uh, more moral sexual ethic. Mm-hmm. And I, and so, okay, you know, how do you li- live a high profile life, still stay married, still love each other? Mm-hmm. I get that from a Barack Obama, but in terms of, um, you know, business savvy and stuff like that, like the art of the deal, yeah, there, there's some truths in there that maybe I mm-hmm. can figure out and, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and some things that I can learn from that person rather than despising them. Just mm. simply saying, okay, what 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 can I learn from this person so I can become better? Because the thing is, why would you? Why do we all feel like we have to reinvent the wheel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If somebody's already figured it out, try to figure that out, and and that's like the enneagram. Um, you know, people say, well, it's not biblical. Okay, well, whether it's biblical or not, is it going to help you be real? Yeah. If somebody's figured out a tool that helps you stop screwing up your life, <laughs> yeah. I think that's biblical. That's word, yeah. I think yeah. that's helpful, and let's use that to become the person that you're called to be. Mm-hmm. The Enneagram, like I knew I was a screw up. I knew it, <laughs> but I didn't know how, and I, did, I certainly didn't yeah. know why. Mm-hmm. What, what is driving me to be so stupid? And then I went, oh, I have a deep need to be successful and have people admire who I am, even that's not who I am. Yeah. 
uh, you know, I, I never would have said my core sin was lying. I think like a lot of guys, I would have mm. said it's lust. Mm. Huh. And I was off. Lust huh. is not, I, that, that is not even in my top five. Mm. But lying is, mm. oh man. And, and, and I had to deal with that. So what was the question? I, I, I got lost at Trump. <laughs> no, no, it's good. Yeah, that was just on like, why do we envy the people that we tend to care about yeah. the most? Well, I would just say that it's, a, it's part of the sickness of our society. Mm-hmm. And then it's part of the stupidity of the wealthy people in our society. Like if you're rich, get off Instagram. Yeah. What are, yeah. have you not read the French Revolution? Like, I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, if, if you are wealthy, uh, you know, wh- wh- why why are you presenting this to make everybody feel terrible about their life? Because in the end, there's always more poor people than rich people, and they could take it. Yeah. Mm. So I mean, and 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 there and there seems to be, mm-hmm. I don't know. You you think that wealth would make you smarter, but it doesn't seem to. Yeah. yeah. I actually want to kind of wrap up now with one more question. Mm. That's sort of on this topic of like success and what we're pursuing, and mm-hmm. even like I think probably wanting wealth and wanting to be what we think is successful. So AJ Rodin mm. said the sermon a few weeks ago was super relevant to my current circumstances. For the last year, I felt this urge to move out of state. Let's face it. Middle-class living in California is getting harder and harder to do. Mm. I'm the sole provider for my wife and three kids who are all five and under. I have a good job that allows me to meet our needs, serve at church and attend a group and to be around to tuck my kids in at night. But we live in an apartment in the shady part of town with drug addict neighbors. And it's all we can afford because housing mm. is so high here. Am I wrong for desiring something better for my family, for wanting to move to a state where my income can afford us a house in a decent neighborhood? Am I being too success-driven for longing for more for my family? Yeah, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first of all, let me just say, I'm sorry that you have to live in that apartment and, and that's the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that's, I mean, that's that's the reality that nobody wants to talk about with, you know, this drug culture that's, um, you know, really, really uh, permeating our society. Um, and I think as conservatives, um, in terms of when I say conservative, I don't mean, uh, I'm a moral, uh, or yeah, I'm a moral conservative. So, um, right. I, be- I believe in heterosexual marriage. You know, I, I mean, I'm a moral conservative. That's reality. That's, that's why I can't identify as a libertarian because there's some things I think are wrong. And, sure. and one of the ways that I think we've lost is we, we need to distinguish in our society between legal and moral. Mm. And so, um, like, I don't, I don't want to lock people up in jail um, who want to smoke marijuana, but I don't, I don't want to live in a society where smoking marijuana is moral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's moral. I think yeah. being intoxicated and being buzzed your whole life is an immoral way to live, and it's a sham, and one day you're going to stand before God and be held accountable because you mm. were buzzed your entire life. You are the servant with one talent who buried it in the ground. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's immoral. You lived mm. in a moral life. Um, you know... Um, now, that's not to say that some people don't, you know, like, uh, for example, my uncle was dying of cancer. I think I've shared this before on the yeah. show. Mm-hmm. He lived with us. He smoked marijuana in our backyard. I did not join him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not join him. Um, but I gave him permission mm-hmm. to smoke marijuana because he was dying of cancer. And it, I mean, I don't know if this is medically true, but supposedly it helps appetite and, and mm-hmm. it has some positive uh, things. And I'm not against yeah. taking any drugs for benefits, like if they're sure. legitimate benefits, not like your cousin who says he's a doctor and says, bro, this will help. Um, <laughs> like actual yeah. doctors who have actual practices and been to a real school. So, um, but getting back to this yeah, whole sorry, idea of like, bring me back. Is he, yeah. is he pursuing We're just going to call this a rant episode. <laughs> <laughs> is he, does he have an unhealthy pursuit of success by to wanting get out to of the move community. out of state? Okay. Like yeah. so, okay. So I got under the drug thing because he's living in an environment where drugs negatively affect people. Yeah. And, and that's the problem is, um, you know, poor people are, are pretty nice people to live around. 
drug addicts, whether rich, middle class, or wealthy, are not. Are not right. That's yeah. the problem. So that's what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, some of my favorite people in our church are poor people. They're really, really good people. I mean, Jesus hung out with poor people. So, mm. so the, the issue is not socioeconomic. The issue is often drugs. I mean, it, yeah. it, if you could point to one problem that negatively affects everything in our culture, it's drugs. Mm. Um, you know, like we, we talk a lot about race. Look at what drugs does to the black community, to the Hispanic community, to the white community. Like it, yeah. dest- it destroys, it takes good people and wrecks them. Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I have a friend that's multimillionaire and has a drug problem and it's, it's terrible. Mm. So, um, so are, are you, are you wrong to want better? No, yeah. I, I think it's good to want a safer environment for your family. The question is. Um, you know, where, where are you going to go out of state? And, and, um, you know, I have personal friends that, man, we got to get our kids out of California and guess what? Their kids are a wreck in another Mm -hmm. state because, um, what your kids need. Look, I, I grew up in the ghetto, man. I mean, I did. Um, I I think at every level, elementary school, junior high and high school, uh, somebody got killed at, on all three levels. I mean, Mm -hmm. I grew up in a very, very violent area of town, um, my high school, like when I tell people that I went there, they, they don't even believe me. They're like, oh my <laughs> gosh. Um, you know, Hiram Johnson was was terrifying. Hmm. Uh, and only people in Northern California um, w- would have heard about that. But it, right. it was scary. Um, mm-hmm. You know, where we lived and what we saw. I mean, we had gang riots. We, we had we had things that happened. But I got a great education. I, I, I met people. Hmm. I'm very grateful um, for that. And the truth is, I was relatively safe. Yeah. Um, and so oftentimes trying to get your kids into a better environment actually puts them in a worse environment. Mm-hmm. So, so you got to be really, really careful with that. Um, you know, here, here's what you got going for you. You got a great job that pays the bills. You're in church. Like you're in, like you've got yeah. a lot going for you. It sounds to me like you need to move apartments rather move than the mountains, states. Man. Yeah. That's seriously though. That's what we did. Moved <laughs> yeah. out of the LA, moved up to the mountains. Yeah. And we realized, holy smokes, you can afford quite a bit more up here. And we're still plugged in here. I mean, that's yeah. an easy fix, but I think, I mean, more of the attitude of, oh gosh, am I grabbing at something that's beyond my reach? Yeah, am I think I... to be dissatisfied is human. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, there was a period of about probably six years where I hated working at Sandals. I couldn't stand it. I, mm-hmm. I, I was going through like, um, like midlife crisis. I wasn't midlife mm-hmm. yet, but like in my thirties, yeah. I mean, I, I, I literally was like, God, please get me out of Sandals Church. Um, mm-hmm. It was so stressful. It was so terrible. Um, I just, I hated working here mm-hmm. and I'm so grateful that God kept me here. I'm yeah. so grateful that we stayed. Um, and that's, I, I can't speak for your life. Here's what right. you need is you need your community group to speak into your yeah. life. You need people that know you and love you. Here's, here's what I know. Had I jumped out of our situation Hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I, God's will was for me to be at Sandals Church. God's will was for me, me, me to, to work through it. And the pastor that you love today is because of the hardship of yesterday. Hmm. So uh, I want your kids to be safe. Um, you know, I prayed with a lady in church on Sunday. She said there was a, there was a murder in her apartment complex in Riverside, hmm. I guess, well, last week. I, I haven't heard whether that's true or not, but hmm. that's what she told me. Um and, you know, I'm, I'm going to see here at Hunter Park if we can get down there because a bunch of seniors are scared mm-hmm. um, and how we can help out and, and, and make sure that they feel okay. And, yeah. that, you know, RPD is doing everything and communicating yeah. everything that they can do. Uh, I don't want anybody to feel that way. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't want you to feel unsafe. I don't want your kids to be in danger. Um, and, and I think that that's something that we all want. But again, I think I tend to present things worse than they really are to myself. Hmm. So 
here's what I convinced myself. I convinced myself that my location needed to change because that was easier than me making the changes I need to make. Hmm. And I needed to make some really, really uh, difficult changes. So, you know, your change, I mean, sounds to me like it's just simply moving an apartment, but dude, neighbors are neighbors, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I mean, yeah. na- neighbors is like the, the like the, uh, you know, like Russian roulette. You don't know what you're right. getting. And if you don't know Russian roulette, it's, where, it's uh, a terrible yeah. game. I think we got but, it. Yeah, you got it. I mean, you just, you just don't know. You can, you can live in a very nice neighborhood and get crazy crackhead neighbors. True. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. No, and actually being able to say, saying, get in your community group, mm-hmm. having conversations like that and getting People to be able to pray. Pretty, no, yeah, yeah, and getting to pray together with that and bring these things before the Lord. Mm-hmm. I, I would assume AJ is probably doing that. Mm-hmm. But um, if not, man, spend time asking God to to yeah. bring those. Uh, is it a change? Is it not a change? Mm-hmm. Pray for those neighbors that I, my family, we've done that many times where we've had kind of crazy neighbors that God yeah. either save them or move them on yeah. and let's, <laughs> let's, you know, be consistent in those mm-hmm. prayers. And I've seen some pretty miraculous things happen yeah. in that way yeah, too. Years yeah. ago, Tammy and I had a neighbor, um, a single mom, um, you know, I, I don't know if she was abusive or not, but disciplined her kids in a way that I was uncomfortable with. And, mm-hmm. and I remember one night, you know, I just went over yeah, and I just went over and I said, look, this has got to end. Yeah. You know, we got to deal with this. Yeah. Um, that her kid was hiding in my bushes. Mm. Um, oh, you know, oh, it was bad. And um, mm. and out of that conversation, uh, sparked healing. She started wow. coming to church, went to counseling. Wow. Um, you know, we did have to involve the police. Sure. Um, but, but actually getting involved and saying, hey, this is not okay. I'm not yeah. okay with this. Yeah. Um, we need to make a change. And, um, you know, every now and then I'll still see her kids from time to time, you know, bounce through Sandals Church. And, mm. I mean, I, it's hard to knock on a door when, um, you know, when you hear your neighbors going off or, right. you know, something's happening, but yeah. right. God's called us to, to, you know, and, and make sure you don't get hurt or killed, mm-hmm. but sure. to, to run into the fire as far as it's safe for us. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, well, I had a conflict with my neighbor this last week and, and I really enjoy him. He's a, you mm-hmm. know, they're retired couple, um, uh, immigrants from India, great, yeah. great, great couple. And, just saying, Hey, look, I really care about you. Um, mm. and, and how can I help? But man, drugs, drugs makes, drugs makes normal people crazy. That's yeah. the problem. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you know, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I didn't feel like I helped out at all on that. So. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> oh, Cause it's I think, good. yeah. Involving community is really yeah. great there with people who know yeah, you. Yeah, I was like, I can't, I can't go on another rant. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, well, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you guys so yeah. much for joining us this week. And we will uh, continue walking through this 10 Reasons series mm-hmm. with Pastor Matt. Yeah, as we and go. send all of your disagreement hate mail to stephanie at sandalschurch.com. <laughs> <laughs>